Well, the government is following through on its plan to cut funding for cultural reports used in sentencing. The reports give judges background information about a defendant's circumstances and can lead to reduced sentences. The government says the reports are costing taxpayers millions of dollars and have turned into a money-making exercise for professionals. Joining us now is Justice Minister Paul Goldsmith. Kia ora, good morning. Uh, Good morning. Uh, How do you know that it is costing the taxpayers money? Is there any evidence or any research done to see whether, in fact, it might be saving money because it's keeping people out of prison perhaps for longer and and preventing reoffending? Well, I mean, these uh, the the Section 27, which enable people to um, have uh, people who know them and their family talk about their background, had been around since the early 2000s. Uh, and in 2017, there were uh, a grand total of um, 14 of the, those reports costing $40,000. Uh, and then it just was turbocharged over the last six years. So we now have 2,500 of those reports in the last year costing $7.5 million. And I, I have no doubt if I hadn't been jumping up and down about this last year, that would have kept on going towards $10 million. And But that so, doesn't answer the question, uh, though. Might it be? Is it possible that... Some of those, I'm not saying all of them, some of them were actually leading to better outcomes, better information before judges, so people didn't need to go to prison necessarily. Maybe it was home detention, maybe not. But that, that, that actually led to less offending, maybe they didn't reoffend, so there was a positive outcome because they weren't in prisons longer. No, no, there hasn't been any evidence of, of people being less likely to reoffend uh, because uh, somebody wrote a cultural report uh, for them costing the taxpayer money. Uh, what, and look, I mean, it's linked in with uh, the, 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 the drive from all of this and some of the adverts and some of the companies that have been doing this have been promising discounts, you know, and, you, know you might get 20% off. Uh, and we're obviously widely concerned about that as well. We're significantly concerned about... OK, think, but, but my you know, question uh, is, would you it, would it have warranted at least an investigation before you scrap the, or cut the funding back, an investigation to see to, to, to see whether there'd been some benefits that might be worth? So it's you know throwing the baby out with the bathwater situation here. Yeah, well, it's not really, because uh, people are still able to have what was originally attended with people coming into the court saying, giving an oral report saying, yes, now this is this person's background, but what we're doing is just uh, freeing up this money. Because, you know, the whole legal aid budget is tight. Uh, We don't want, we want to be spending that wisely. Uh, And we also want to ensure uh, that people um, uh, serve uh, the sentences that they should in terms of having real consequences uh, for crime. And Mm. that's also linked in with the other change we've outlined yesterday, which is scrapping the, the previous goal of reducing the prison population by 30%, irrespective of what's happening on the, in the ground in the community in terms of uh, violent crime. And so, you know, we're focused on actually reducing okay. uh, the, the, the violent crime, youth crime, and speeding up the courts. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're focused on in justice. Not, not, the, not issue the, here, uh, the issue here is that this will potentially discriminate against those with lesser means, uh, disadvantaged groups, Māori in particular, uh, because they will not have necessarily, uh, perhaps in some circumstances, they don't have the ability to speak in court or have people speak for them or to articulate potential uh, disadvantages they have faced or are facing. Well, we don't accept that. Uh, I mean, the, the, the legal aid system continues for the defence of people who are uh, before the court. Uh, that, that's always as it has been. This is just one element around um, uh, these uh, Section 27 reports, which has just become a, a cottage industry and a boondoggle. People still have the opportunity to make their case, of course, and they have the ability to bring um, mm. Well, do you, let me put it this way. Do you believe that there is any cultural disadvantage that some groups face because of... 
uh, barriers with in, in terms of uh, the legal system, that there is a cultural disadvantage for Māori because of the system, some will argue, and therefore this would disadvantage them because they aren't getting the information in front of the judges, whereas other groups yeah. might because they're more familiar with the legal system. Well, I mean, the legislation makes it clear that people should be able to put those uh, things forward. Uh, obviously, there's a, a tension between understanding one's background, and uh, but there's a further step to turning that into an excuse for crime, and that can never be an excuse an excuse for crime. Uh, in terms of the, the wider impact on Maori, of course, uh, Maori are more likely to be the victims of crime. So, uh, you know, this is a policy that is very much focused on ensuring that. Um, that were focused on the needs of the victims. And there was a real sense in the past six years that the, the previous government was more concerned about the needs of the perpetrators of crime uh, than they were about the needs of the, the victims of crime. And so our focus is very much on uh, doing everything we possibly can to reduce the amount of crime. And, and part of that is sending a very clear signal that there will be real consequences for crime. And, uh, you know, we were campaigning up and down the country last year. There were two issues that people raised, cost of living and law and order. Can and you, okay, but can you guarantee that this is going to mean that judges have all the, the best information in front of them? I mean, that's the issue here, really, isn't it? What is wrong with ensuring that in every case possible as a society we make funds available so that the best information can be put in front of the judge, they make the decision based on that evidence as to whether or not how long the sentence is. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, no, we don't live in a perfect world. We have constrained resources. I mean, there are you know, thousands of people who are burgled, uh, who, who the police never come because you know it doesn't reach a threshold, and so uh, that they don't get access to the justice that they need. And so we we do the best we can with the resources that we've got. And we don't think spending seven and a half million dollars uh, producing reports uh, like this uh, is a good use of the money that we need to be spending. The so it's prim- primarily cost. Was there not a halfway measure here where you could, as you say, there have been, I've certainly read people within the legal profession raising sharing your concerns about this this particular well, practice. The, the Was there not a way of doing it? We didn't have to throw it all out. Where you could streamline it, maybe improve it, ensure that they were done, being done properly and properly priced, and all those sort of things. Well, yeah, you could have set up a big bureaucratic kind of licensing regime, but we weren't interested in doing that. I mean, yes, in the sense that, well, I mean, we could have scrapped this Section 27 entirely, uh, and we didn't choose to do that. Uh, so what we've done is you know, people can uh, do what was originally intended, uh, make an oral statement. You can do a written report, but we're just not going to be funding it uh, through the legal aid system. And, and it, you know, it's a part of – it's the first step uh, that we've announced as, as part of a rolling uh, mall of uh, justice uh, policies we'll be uh, working our way through over the next few weeks in order to restore law and order and get people feeling comfortable and safe in their communities again. All right. Thank you very much for your time, Justice Minister Paul Goldsmith.